The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. I love the power. Hey everyone, I am Macca 19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining me this evening is the great man, Fishing Dylan. How are you, mate? Yeah, g'day guys. Uh, how's, how's that uh, vegan diet going for me? Bloody <laughs> terrible. I've stopped doing it. And I'm, I'm eating palmer and chips every fucking night, alright? There you go. You put on 10 kilos already, mate. Yeah, well, it was worth it because uh, veganism is horrible. It is. It literally is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Rich. Uh, ah, sorry, but sorry, we are Rich. right. Yeah, how you going, Mecca? Good, mate. Good. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, glad to be here. That's it. Well, let's get straight into it, and we'll do a love and hate for the game on the weekend. Uh, one thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide. Um, you can start, mate. What was your love? Well, it wasn't a lot to pick from, to be honest with you. Um, mm. So my, my love, I'm not sure if the TV cameras picked this up, because I couldn't find a highlight of it, but um, Charlie Dixon laid some poor St. Kilda sod out, and it was the biggest slap you'd ever heard. I think it was in the forward 50, and... It was like, of the one thing you can take away from preseason games, it's not usually intensity, so it was nice to see a bit of a, a classic bump for a big man like him. Yeah, I, I'm not sure when that was in the guard. I reckon I saw it personally, but uh, or if the TV cameras picked it up. But um, I did lose interest about five minutes into the first quarter. So Yeah, it would have been a little while after that, so yeah. I'm, I'm not sure any of our listeners would have seen it either. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. I loved the uh, the cameo of some of our younger guys. I loved uh, Bonner's pep and his, uh, his want to take the game on. I thought that was really good. Um, just needs to be a little bit more composed, but his creativity and his run is uh, is really impressive. Yeah, that, um, dash, look, that dash through the middle was a bloody highlight for oh, me. That was just great. Like, just that that was literally the best thing, running. the only good thing that happened in the game, I think. <laughs> it was a shame <laughs> the kick let him down because it was such, yeah. a, such a great run. Yeah, I didn't realize let he had him that down a few times, him. I think, but... If he can solve that issue, um, he's going to be an absolute star. Also thought uh, Sam Powell Pepper showed some really decent signs throughout the game. Uh, Dan Houston in a new roll down back was really impressive. I loved his bowl use and uh, really liked what Joe Attlee and uh, Johnson showed in their glimpses. They didn't get a lot of game time. And uh, whilst not young, uh, Brett Eddy led and, uh, and really marked well up forward as well. Yeah, Houston was a surprise to me. Obviously, living in Melbourne, you don't get to watch a lot of the Magpies games, but I always heard that he was a forward, you know, and I was like, is this, is that Dan Houston? Is that Dan Houston, the halfback? And it was it was nice to see him get a bit of ball, mm. even though I still feel like we still have heaps of back flankers. It's a surprise to, to see us switch it up and put another guy on the back, on the back flank, but he, yeah. I thought he was pretty composed when he had it, so, yeah. you know, I, I'd be happy to see him given another preseason game or two, yeah, maybe sure. even battle for that round one selection. Yeah, he's got a bit of Greg Bentley about him. I'm not sure if that's a great thing, but uh, he certainly reminds me of Greg. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good to see him play in a, a new role. He certainly played um, up forward, kind of on a forward flank, uh, mostly for the Maggies last year. So obviously he's been training down back and uh, obviously doing a pretty good job. So uh, yeah, good on him. What was your so hate? We got a backup plan, I guess. If uh, if Hartlett down back doesn't go well, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Superstar midfielder, that's right. Hamish Hartlett half back. Yeah. Um, well, my hate, I think, mostly it was just something that stood out for me. It was just the continual 
dropping of marks under no pressure. Yeah. No no contest at all. We just time and time again just keep seeing guys drop marks. It's elementary stuff. I understand it's the first hit out of preseason, but I mean, come on, that's I could I could mark those balls, you know, there's no pressure at all. How hard is it? It's not that difficult. Look, the uh, <laughs> the, the skills were um were pretty shit out, to be honest, <laughs> for much of the game, and I guess we'll get into that in more detail a bit later, but all the missed kicks, you know, the you know, kicks over heads, drop marks, missed handballs. It was uh, it was not a uh, not a clean night for the Port Adelaide Footy Club, that's for sure. Yeah. My hate is uh, Nathan Cracker. Um, I said numerous times last year I thought he should be delisted. I didn't rate his uh, season at all last year, and you know we decided to go the other way and uh, offer him a promotion to the senior list and. You know, after last year when he let the club down and, and got himself king hit at 2am uh, whilst drinking and uh, you know missed the first, what, five or six weeks of the season, you'd think he'd make sure he put every foot right this pre-season. And you know, now he misses round one for a late head-high bump, which uh, was completely unnecessary. And you know, it's just not good enough. And you know, he's not a 20-year-old kid anymore. He's, what, like 27, 28. He's one of the oldest players on the list. And uh, this sort of rubbish just shouldn't be on. Well, yeah... That and I'm surprised to see him up forward when we have a guy like Jake Need and I, I personally have never I, I keep giving Jake Need shit, I think. We we all think he's like, Oh, he's good, he gives a lot of pressure but doesn't do much else, doesn't kick goals. But Crack is like the anti need in that way that there's no pressure at all and he's got yeah. the good skills and stuff, but in a, in a, the modern game, your small forwards have really you know, a pressure is like a non negotiable and he's I don't know whether it's through fitness base or mentally. He doesn't really strike me as the the guy who's going to step up his game to like move forward and, and be that sort of pressure small forward like Jake Need is, for example. Yeah, that's fair. Like, uh, what did he get? Six kicks and uh, zero goals, two. Uh, he did lay five tackles. That was quite nice. But, uh, yeah, you certainly want a bit more than what he showed on the weekend. Yeah. Oh, and now he's not got the chance to play... Actually, that is that's a weird one though. I'm surprised he's suspended for round one and not just the next preseason game. Yeah, I think they used to do that. They used to suspend people for preseason games, and then I guess they thought it wasn't big enough a penalty. So it makes sense either way because they sort of swap yeah. the squads out. But at the same time, it's, I don't know. It feels a bit unnecessary, a bit harsh. Yeah. That's it. On to some questions uh, from the people on Big Footy. Uh, the first one's from Papagallo, and this is a really contentious issue, I think. Uh, I think the jumper issue for the China game needs a bit of attention. It's kind of flying under the radar at the moment. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the uh, Chinese Gold Coast colours, mate? Uh, look, this is, if this was something that was such a big issue to us, I'm surprised that it wasn't ironed out in a contract earlier, and... Koshi mentioned as well that it was in the contract, but we're not seeing that. We're not seeing any contract or any evidence of this. On the flip side, though, I don't know why Gold Coast cares so much about wearing their home jumper. I mean, what what are they marketing to? It's not like they're going to grow in China. They haven't got the clinics going. They haven't got the groundwork going. So what do they get out of wearing their home? It's such a weird issue to me. Yeah, it's a storm in a teacup for mine. It's... Does it really matter if half the crowd end up supporting Gold Coast because of their colours? Like, does that really matter on the day? I don't really think it does. Um, like, I'm not sure what the issue is going to be. Whether our plan was to get twenty thousand Chinese members signed up or something, and suddenly Gold Coast are going to steal half of them. I just don't see what the big issue is going to be. 
Uh, I guess for Gold Coast, um, they're going to view it as uh, a bit of a bonus situation that they get to play in a country where the, the Chinese colours are the same as their own colours. So for them, I guess they're going to see it as a bit more extra press or promotion or something like that, which will be good for them. Um, but for us, like, honestly, does it really matter? Well, yeah, I mean, if, if it gets more people into the game, then that's beneficial to us in the long term anyway. I mean, we might not even play Gold Coast next year if we play there again. So, and we'll, we'll, have, we'll be the team with the clinics on the ground. We're the people sending over players, coaches, con, you know, continually to just garner community support. Yeah. So, eventually, you know, okay, maybe, maybe they might take a liking to Gold Coast because of the colours, but that's it, you know, that's really surface-level stuff. If anyone gets into it beyond that, if their kid wants to start playing the sport... Port Adelaide's going to be the team that's there. So it's yeah. not really... I wouldn't have thought it was much of an issue, but Koshy's blowing up about it, so maybe it is a bigger deal than I'm that I'm thinking. I don't know. I'm not sure it is. I think they're barking up the wrong tree with this one, but I guess uh, they'll sort it out in due time and look whether they wear their uh, home Goonsie or their white Clash Goonsie. I'm not too fast to be I honest. Think, but... I think we know what the, the solution here is, is to uh, get us in the prison bars. That's it. Absolutely. That's the solution to any jumper-related issue. It's got precedent, so get us in the prison bars. I mean, is China going to not like them? Impossible, because everyone loves the prison bars. Greatest yeah. jumper ever. I'm sure they've got prisons over there as well, so I'm sure it'll see uh, <laughs> <laughs> them too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Johns has asked a great question. What's the right type of gravy for a steak, a chicken parmy, and pork? Look, this might be very controversial and basic of me, but I'm not much of a gravy guy in the first place. Yeah. So my contribution to this is completely null. I'm a stay away from gravy, to mind a bit of gravy, but if I can have it without, I'll, I'll go without gravy. Yeah. Look, I'm not big on uh, gravy either. Certainly not with steak, um, and definitely not at a pub where you get that coagulated mucus, which they call gravy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just, just a, it's just horrendous. a big brown sludge, right? Yeah. Um, for a steak, I'd be more looking for a red wine jus or something like that, to be honest, than more of a traditional gravy. Certainly with a chicken parmi, I mean, obviously the parmi sauce and the cheese is self-explanatory there. Um, I guess with a, a schnitty, um, again, some sort of uh, thin gravy would be all right, as opposed to coagulated mucus. Um, and pork, I think... <laughs> A really good thing to have with pork is if you combine cider, um, onions with pan juices, a little bit of honey, some mustard seeds, uh, a bit of thyme and some fennel seeds as well. That's a really nice, delicious gravy to have with some roast pork. Well, there you go, guys. There's your, there's your recipe. That's it. Can Get someone let us know next week? <laughs> Get into your pan happening. juices. That's the way to go. Uh, CT Power has asked a question. What is an acceptable win-loss count after the first four rounds? Um, do you know what the fixture is? I've heard it's tough, but I've forgotten. It's uh, Sydney and GWS away, and uh, Frio and the Crows at home. Uh, acceptable, one and three, I would have thought. We okay. can beat Adelaide or Frio. Yeah. I would think two and two would be par for me. I think uh, we should beat Frio. Uh, even though they'll improve this year, I think we should still beat them at home. And, you know, we should be a big chance to beat the Crows as well. Um and look, if we can go two and two from there, I'd be pretty happy, 
pretty content with that. If we go one and three, I think we're a little bit under. Um, I should qualify that by saying that's probably my expectation. If we're one and three, I'll be, I'll be sort of fine with it. But yeah, if we don't place above like six or so, I'll still be disappointed in this season. So yeah. two and two would probably be, be like that's where I want us to be, but I don't think it'll happen. So my expectations are lowered. I would yeah. say if we get a win out of that, it'd be well enough. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's talk about Thursday night. It was um, the first run out for season 2017 against St Kilda at Etihad Stadium. And after a, a pretty horrific start, we clawed the Saints back to lose by just the single point, uh, 57 to 56. Uh, we were pretty wasteful in front of goal. We kicked uh, seven goals, 14 to the Saints, eight goals, nine. Carl Amon was the only multiple goal scorer with two goals. And, uh, well, I guess we'll split this up into two sections. I prefer to talk about the positives um, out of the game first. Um, what did you like the look of, mate? This <clears throat> uh, is going well so far? Uh, I like the look of Jacko in the ruck again, which is... Yep. Not something I wanted to say because we did have Paddy Ryder and Loby in there, but he was mm. once again still had that spring in his step. It was really exciting, um, and he had that big clearance goal. I think was out of the rock as well. So Jacko was a positive for me. Yeah. And like you said before, those those young guys like Bonner and Pal Pepper, I saw a lot of them in bits at least. You know, they had big highlights, showed off their strengths. Like, Pal Pepper was just a machine in the middle. Yeah. It was just like watching Ollie Wines. Bloody wonderful to see that. Yeah. And Chad Wingard, I think, he, was, he had a pretty good game. Contributed up front, applied a lot of pressure, got a bit of the ball. Yep. I thought Chad was pretty good as well. I liked, um, I thought defensively we held up pretty well, I thought. Um, especially after quarter time, we kept them to just four goals, four. Uh, and considering we conceded four goals in the first quarter, I thought we really tightened up down back, and especially through the midfield as well. I thought Homshi was great. He was clearly best on ground. I thought he Cleary was very had a, good to me. Yeah, he was great. Uh, Cleary was pretty um, underrated, I thought. He was pretty good on uh, McCartan. Uh, Houston, we've already spoken about. He was pretty good as well. Um, and I thought once we got into the rhythm... Yeah, we did actually start to play quite well as the game um, went along, and our ability to move the ball from that defensive 50 into the forward line was okay. Or maybe not into the forward line, but the kick before the forward line was uh, was pretty good. Um, and I, I really did like the fact that we took some risks with our ball movement, and I didn't think we were all that predictable. You know, I thought we really changed up how we sort of got to the forward line. Um, and obviously the the form of Homsch in his first game back from such a long layoff was uh, was great. Um, Chad was good through the midfield. I thought Boke had a really good game. Um, and that's probably about it for the positives, to be honest. Um, what about the negatives, mate? What uh, what were some issues out there? Um, like I said before, just the general skill errors and the uncontested drop marks was an issue. Decision-making sometimes was a bit off. The main one that stood out for me was Justin Westhoff. At some point, he had it in the back pocket under pressure. Easy dish off for uh, Jasper Pittard was available, but he, he let it go and he slammed it on the boot for no reason and it, t- it got turned over by Jake Carlisle. And it, I think it resulted in a goal. And it's like, I know you're rusty, but it's, it's still classic Port Adelaide, classic West off at this point to just be making these basic brain fades yeah. that are just unnecessary. 
especially when you've got our best half back running past you. I mean, it's simple. Just dish it off. <laughs> yeah. Although the amount of times we kicked over someone's head or kicked out on the full or, you know, like Jackson Trengove took a wonderful mark on the wing and then absolutely shanked the kick, which went straight yeah. down the throat of a Saints player. I think that turnover caused the goal yeah. as well. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, <laughs> as we said, we've got a pretty tough start to the season and I would have loved to have seen, as I said last week, I wanted to see us ready to play, you know, ready to go come round one. Uh, and we look far from that at this point. I can, un- I can understand the negativity of people. You know, people say, oh, it's just a preseason game, but this is just another game and a continuation of two years of really mediocre football, and, and you just expect something different. Exactly right. You know, and look- the preseason, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're really working hard to it, and you're okay, are we making changes? But then you see that sort of effort where what happened was St Kilda had all the key stats in the first quarter and they were dominating us on the scoreboard. I think that's the only reason we got back within it is because they just sort of let us, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Look, Saints weren't all that clean, especially through the second half. They made a fair few mistakes as well. But and look, you can probably write off the first quarter as cleaning out the cobwebs and all that if you're going to make excuses. But you know what? The last couple of years we've said, oh, it doesn't matter. It's only pre-season. We'll be right when the real stuff starts after some pretty poor pre-season games the last two years. But you know what? We haven't been, and we've had pretty terrible seasons. So after our talk last week that we wanted to see us play clean footy and determined footy, that first quarter was laughable, absolutely laughable. And um, Our skills improved a bit as the game wore on, but um, as I said, the number of times we shanked a kick was uh, a bit beyond a joke at one point there. Yeah, no, it, was, it wasn't fun to watch, to be honest. That's why I was gladly just dripping into the beers by about <laughs> quarter time and thinking, all right, pre-season game hasn't gone our way. <laughs> How were the beers? This. Uh, watered down and not very good. Okay. Just, what was the just, price? Just like the, uh, the, real, the real Port Adelaide versus <laughs> what we're getting right now. <laughs> That's it. What was the price? Uh, mate, free. Just free. Right. Uh, inside, inside source at Etihad Stadium. Oh, so keep oh, yeah, that on the tap of the nose, hush. eh? That's good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> um, also, as I said, I thought our transition footy was really good up until that final kick inside fifty, which was absolutely horrendous and one-dimensional. And ha- the, the amount of times we still kicked it long to Dixon, just like we did last year, and how there was still three or four opponents on him and you know, he was able to have absolutely zero impact on the game once again for about the 10th game in a row. Uh, yeah. It was not good enough. It was entirely predictable and, uh, yeah, we, we've certainly it's got to work on our interest in side well. 50. Same sort of deliveries as well where they put it on his head expecting him to be the contested machine, but yeah, he needs to get him lace out, you yeah. know. That's how, that's how we functioned with Jay Schultz for two years where we just shot up the ladder because he was able to hit them. He, every time he took a mark, it was like a classic dive. He would take it and dive into the ground. That was yeah. like iconic Jay Schultz. And you, yeah. you don't really see us ever get an inside 50 like that anymore. No, that's right. And that's what Eddie brought to the table, I thought, through that second half, was his ability to lead and take a grab on the lead was, was very, very good and very Schultz-like. And, uh, you know, it's a real sort of conundrum with Dixon because obviously he's a decent uh, contested mark when he's not got five people on him and he can sort of play one on one. But he's for a big guy who's two hundred centimeters and hundred kilos, he's really bloody quick, and he's very very good on a lead. Um, it amazes me that a he doesn't lead as much and b we don't sort of 
try and force him to lead a bit more often. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to tell if it's instruction or if it's if it's just his natural game. Because we were working, like I said, we were working with Schultz doing a lot of repeat leads, a lot of leading, lots of, lots of marks on the lead. Why Pinkley would change from that sort of thing, I don't know. So maybe yeah. it is just Dixon not not doing the leading. He might, he might, you know, he was recruited on his physical specimen, I think, more than his footy smarts. Not to say that he's a bad footballer, but... Yep. It might just be that he isn't as natural a forward as someone like Jay Schultz. So if we can work on that, that'd be good. But who's our forward coach now? It's Matthew Nix, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it's Nix, yeah. So we've, we've, we've got a guy who's a you know career defender up there. It's, mm. it's not a lot of confidence that they can probably turn it around. But no, probably not. I hope so. Yeah, would be good. Uh, the form of some of the senior guys was also disappointing. Ebert barely got a touch. Um, Hammer stuffed up about five times in a row in the first quarter and then barely saw the bowl after that. Uh, Westhoff turned it over all night. Dixon did nothing. Pittard was sloppy. Um, Ryder had his moments, but overall probably was a bit quiet for his first game back, even though he only played a half. Um, And Lobie still couldn't win a hit out. So still some uh, issues there with some of those senior players. Yeah, Hartlett and Westhoff were my most concerning ones. It's the same guys who last year people were calling for their heads. It's just sort of like the same story. And Travis Boak, who has just become a shadow of what he used to be. He yeah. had our most touches on ground, but I just there was no impact with them. Mm. The I thought he was great. okay. I thought he did a lot of grunt work inside. Um, and probably didn't yeah. get the chance to sort of work free, but that's probably been a criticism for a long time now of Travis. Yeah, he seemed to get pretty pretty easily blocked in the middle and bumped off the ball yeah. before he could get a chance to get to it. So I don't know if that's down to him or mm. if it's just the lack of support in midfield. Yeah. But like, so we've had this debate for years now. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Same old. So who were your best players, mate? Um, I said Jacko was, was very good. Uh, Chad Wingard as well. Liked Ollie Wines again. He was just doing heaps of grunt work. Real nice to watch. And Pomsch, best on ground, probably. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think who else stood out. But Eddie and I liked, I liked Ryder. Looking now, it seems like he didn't get a lot of the ball. But I noticed that he had a couple of shots up front, which was um, a good sign. Yeah. Even if he couldn't make much of an impact in the ruck. You know, he's probably going to take a few It'll weeks a to few probably weeks get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be better. Yeah. I thought, uh, obviously, Holmstra was best on ground. You know, playing his more sort of natural role as that uh, being able to read the kick, come in and take those intercept marks. Uh, he was wonderful. I think he took something like seven intercept marks for the evening. Uh, Boak was my second best. I, th- I thought he was sloppy early, but liked his inside work and uh, thought he was one of our cleaner midfielders as the game went on. Amon played very, very wide. Uh, surprised he wasn't at the bar with you um, at some points there, mate. Uh, but, uh, you know, he used the ball he really, really well. I liked him as well. Yeah, he kicked a couple of nice goals as well. And it's going to be interesting to see what role he has this year, whether he continues to play that sort of forward flank or moves a bit further up the ground and um, whether yeah. he's actually in the uh, the starting team or not. 
Well, a lot of his impact probably depends on how our midfield goes as a whole, because he's not going to be the guy who's in the guts winning it. Yeah. It'll sort of depend on how how he works defensively and how we work defensively, just to, you know, make make use of him and get him into space. Mm-hmm. So if we can get a lot of turnovers and we can find him in space, he can really shine because his disposal is elite. In my it opinion. is very good. Uh, another one with elite disposal was Dan Houston. I thought he was defensively very strong, kicked at 100%, uh, was really sure with the ball in his hands and looked like he knew what to do and actually looked like a third or fourth year player out there. He played sort of 40 or 50 games as opposed to a 19-year-old kid playing his first uh, game at that sort of level and speed. Um, and Ollie Wines was really good in the midfield. A lot of inside work uh, was in and under all night. And uh, probably wasn't a great game by Ollie, but it was certainly a good one. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Houston is, yeah, look, if he can keep that up, he's definitely in contention because we have, I believe we have a couple of spots for rookies to open up because our, we do. Yep. our list is a bit short. So, look, he's, if he can keep it up, definitely I hope I hope he takes advantage of that and gets a game. For sure. Uh, some individual players. Uh, what did you like of Riley Bonner? Obviously, there was a huge run and bounce uh, through the midfield where he uh, put the, the afterburners on and... Uh, um, laid out a big kick inside 50. Um, did you like his game, and, and do you think he's going to be uh, in the side come round one? I didn't see a lot of him, to be honest with you, but um, I think with his great ball use and his and his dash through the middle, I mean, he's obviously a chance to compliment Jasper Pitta, but as we were just talking about, Dan Houston, I think maybe them two are in, in um, competition for the spot, and... Broadbent when he comes back, um, he didn't get a game this week, but yep. him as well. So there's a lot of spots in that halfback. Hamish Hartlett probably will play, but he's he's definitely going to get a few games this year. That's for sure. I yeah. mean, we've shipped off Cam O'Shea, we've shipped off Paul Stewart, who yep. sort of sometimes played forward when he was getting a game, but still, that's another halfback flanker. Crackers definitely to play out forward. Crackers not yeah, Crackers not in defence anymore. If he if he plays. Jarman Impey's a forward now, apparently, so... Look, I reckon he'll, def- he'll definitely... If he can run it out and if he can get some good form going, I'd, I'd be happy if we pumped in half a season to him. Yeah. Like do you Jasper think his, uh, do you think so his lack of defensive play affected Hamish Hartler's game? Uh, look, I think my biggest concern with Hartlett's game was just the amount of errors he made yeah not I, I don't think they could have been down to op- opposite to um not opposition to to teammates I think they were mostly individual mistakes so yeah well, I, I didn't see much of Riley's defensive efforts if I'm honest with you he didn't stand out as much so maybe it was did you think that Look, it's possible I think Janus brought it up on the forum and uh, I think it's certainly possible because Bonner Probably didn't do a thing defensively, to be honest. Um, but he was playing more of that sort of Pittard-type role where he just uh, is sort of feeded the ball and asked to sort of run and create. Um, I don't think it's a good thing if Hartlett's going to play down back and only get eight touches a game. I think that will be an absolute disaster. Um, we re- If Hartlett's going to play down back, he really needs to get 25 touches a game to justify that move. Um, but look, I would be... Pretty happy if Bonner plays round one. Whether there's a spot there available with um, with Burn Jones and Broadbent to come back into the side, I'm not too sure. But I think he's 
definitely going to be there or thereabouts um, throughout the year. Sorry, mate, did we just cut out? Yeah, yeah but that's all right. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> just say yes, yeah, I agree, and that, that'll be fine. <laughs> the Harlan move to halfback is something I'm not really sure about. I mean, like, I'd rather have his career make or break in the midfield. Yeah. I don't get the point of him playing halfback. He's not ever been extremely proficient at it, so we've got guys I'd rather play there, like Pittard and Bonner. Yeah. Broadbent, even, I think, still a bit more adept at the role than, than Hartlett is. So, For sure. Look, if his body can't stand up to it, then trade him. Mm. I don't, you know, it's, it's well, just not worth tried. hanging on to the bikes. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> think try we tried. Keep trying. You know? um, mm. Look, just persist with him where he's going to shine, where he has the most natural talent. Yeah. Or, or just keep trying, keep trying. If you can't trade him, keep trying. Or drop him. Because he's just a guy playing on a forward flank where he can kick goals. Well, yeah, he's but he's just got to keep playing. I don't think we're ever going to drop him. It seems to be Hinkley just has too much faith in these guys and doesn't see much point in dropping them. So that's him taking away games from potentially a Riley Bonner or a Dan Houston who can be a part of the future in that in that defense. Yeah, I'll make a statement now and say that we won't win a premiership with Hamish Hartler playing on a back flank. There you go. I agree with that. Uh, Sam Powell Pepper, obviously the most talked about player in our preseason. Um, great name, ready to go body. Um, the first impact he had on the game was uh, ironing out Nick Rewalt in a big uh, hip and shoulder. Um, did a few really nice things as well. Used the ball pretty well. Uh, was really composed with his handballing um, and used his uh, strength to advantage a few times. How did you see his game on the night? Really, really encouraging. Can I just cut away and say my favourite part about him so far has been how he's every time he's been snapped, he's not smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All social media posts with him, he's just got the most grim, straightforward expression on his face. So yeah. that's that even off field, that sort of seriousness is just like that's awesome to see. I love that. Yeah, look, just watching him sort of reminds you of Ollie Wines. He's mm-hmm. he's so strong, it's hard to take him down. That sort of thing is like extremely encouraging. So if he can, if he's fit, I'd be happy to see him in the team all year. Yep, for sure. Um, Tom Cleary, do you think he starts a fullback come round one? Um, I'd like to see us roll with the tall forwards of Cleary, Austin, and Homsch. I'm yep. not sure where Jonas sits at this point, but. I didn't like his game that much. Still no. got the same skill errors going on. He's a so-so defender at this point. He used to be very good. I used to love watching his defensive efforts, and now it's just like you're expecting him to make a mistake, expecting him to make a gaffe somewhere. Yeah. So, look, I'd, I'd be happy to walk up with that three. Yeah, Cleary could definitely start. Mm. I think so. I think Cleary should start. I think uh, Austin, if he's fit and ready to play, should be... Um at full-back, and certainly Homsch in his more natural sort of third-tall defender role would be great. Jonas, he's one I missed out on talking about when I said the senior players were poor. Uh, he was really poor. Defensively, he got absolutely hammered. Um, didn't do much with the ball. Uh, he certainly didn't look like a senior player out there, that's for sure. Three years, Macca. Three years. Mm. Three years, man. What was the point of that contract? <laughs> I mean, the Loby one was one thing, you know, but this yeah. is the most bizarre contract I've probably seen in my time. Mm. 
Oh, he looked moment. every bit a player that hasn't played a game of footy for nine months. Yeah. What happened? Do we ever get a word on what happened to him after he got suspended? I don't know. Was Didn't he, just, he uh, just hurt his hip or something? Or hip or hamstring, well, I think it was. It wasn't well publicised. I can't, because no. I can't remember. He, no, just, he got suspended and we were expecting him to maybe come back. He just never played again. Yeah. Now, since, since 2015, he's just... Oh, he's fallen off so hard and it's so disappointing because he had that real cult figure sort of aura around him. Everyone loved him. And now I wish we hadn't given him a contract. Yeah. Oh, look, he was so dependable. Like It's the same as yeah. Cam O'Shea. Like, he looked like leading that defence for years to come and you know being part of a real premiership crack. And you know, He played really and, great footy in and 13 and 14 and then fell well. off the face of the earth. He could play tall and short and he could... You could expect him to do a job on Taylor Walker, and then the next week match him on it. Next Mark week. Murphy, yeah, Mark Murphy, something like that. You know, maybe even give him a run through the midfield. Right? It's he was so versatile, and he's just—I don't even know who I'd match him up on. I, I always fear to look at the team sheets and think who is Jonas going to play on because either yeah. way, he's probably just going to get pants. Yeah. No, that's true. Very, very true. Three um, years, okay. So three years yeah. of that. Great. <laughs> well, let's uh, have a quick chat about uh, this week's game. Port play Richmond uh, this Sunday in Mount Gambier. The Mount. Uh, a few changes to the squad. Robbie Gray comes back. Jake Need comes back. Darcy Byrne-Jones, Will Snelling, and first-year player Willem Drew come in, uh, whilst uh, Brad Ebert and Aaron Young are rested this week. Um, what do we want to see from Port um, on Sunday? Uh, Willem Drew. I want to see Willem Drew from Ports. I want it's to about see time we had a ringer out there, to be honest. Ah, uh, yep. So disappointed by Mitch Harvey. He's not representing me and my kind well enough. So, <laughs> look, Willem Drew, hell yeah, man. If he's Bring a big, tough inside midfielder, uh, I think uh, a lot of people around the forums have been been really excited about him. So, look, he's the guy. Him and Atley are two guys who I want to see more of because... Yep. They're the sort of supposed plug-and-play types that we want to just inject into our midfield. So, Drew. Sure. And just just for the team, just some generally some more sharpness. I hope it was just more of a first preseason hit out that we were dropping so many marks and missing so many kicks. Yeah. Just just a bit more sharpness for the boys would be good. You know, I certainly um, some kind of skills out there, some sort of general idea of uh, playing the game of football would be nice. Um, especially uh, considering we've got around one game um, not that far away, uh, that'd be great. Um, and look, Richmond, oh, I'm not really too sure what to expect from them. They played reasonably well against the Crows. Uh, they were able to shut down their run pretty uh, significantly as the game wore on. Um, and I like uh, the way that the forward line sort of worked together as well. So I think it's going to be an easy game, um, probably a similar sort of... Um, Match up, I guess, um, as it was against St Kilda. Uh, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Willem Drew come in and play. Uh, it will be great to see uh, Will Snelling play as well. Um, I'm expecting big things from him this year. Yep. Um, and also to see Joe Atley and Sam Powell Pepper uh, play again. It's going to be good to get some minutes into those young players. Just keep reeling off those inside midfielders. I want to see just completely tear it up. That's it. It's I'm, the I'm new sick era. of guys getting bowled off the ball, except for Robbie Gray and Ollie Wines. It, it'll it. be good to see some new guys in there. Absolutely. I haven't seen. I didn't. I didn't watch the Richmond Adelaide game, so I haven't really seen what they're they're doing. But 
Hardwick's still there, so I'm expecting that they'll still be pretty flaky. And yeah, look, uh, <laughs> there were times when the Crows really cut through them pretty easy, and they kicked a few goals in quick succession. Um, and look, some of their ball movement was a little bit off, and you know, lots of kicking sideways and sort of short kicks, and you know, they tried to run it um, at times. Um, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Uh, just classic Richmond, I think, really. And, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect from them this year. Hopefully, wooden spoon. <laughs> I'm happy to see Richmond fail at every corner. Can't yep. stand them, can't stand the fans. <laughs> Fair enough. All their players. Fair enough. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people feel the same. Although, look, I wouldn't... I don't know. Either of our games... So you see, you can't really take that much out of preseason at the same time. As I'm just checking the scores now, uh, Brisbane are beating the Bulldogs by what looks like six goals. So mm. There you go. It's hard to... Dogs are playing their reserves, obviously. Uh, look, their depth is so big, and I still don't know the names of half their players. <laughs> it looks It looks like a bit of a reserve team. Yeah, uh, Brisbane, I assume, doesn't have a reserves team. <laughs> just, uh, just, just one big got about three decent players on their list of duds. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, I think we'll leave it there for this evening, mate. Thanks for coming on at short notice. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hopefully, uh, next time Rick doesn't muck up the time zones and can actually actually make it on. Yeah, that'd be good, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you hear this, Rick. That's it. God damn. All right, until next time, can the pair. Thanks for having me on. Can the pair. Cheers, buddy. One last hurrah. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motluck couldn't quite. Enright, good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh!